Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. Uh, what are we on? Sunday, May 23rd. Whew. One more weekend left in May after this. Oh, and it's a holiday weekend. That's going to be good. That would be good. How was your week? Did you guys have a good week? I think this week was a good week. I think it was, uh, it was a mixed emotion week, but it was still good. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> to my friends that are creators in the world that have done Kickstarters, I would like to hear your feedback on expanding reach. The Monkeys Fighting Robots Kickstarter for uh, the third issue of the magazine is doing well. It's fine. We're funded. We're going to print, um, you know, and it'll help pay our bills to keep the website up and running. It'll do all the things it needs to do. But I'm trying to figure out what that like next level is and how to achieve that next level. I'm going to move the mic a little closer. Um, you know, we're right at 100 backers. And 100 backers is fine. It gets us to an amount that that works out well for us. Again, like I said, uh, it helps pay the bills to keep the lights on. And, and we print enough issues to where like I feel like we're relevant and stuff. So 100 people buying our magazine is is fine it's perfect you know it's um but i'm just wondering with social media with email lists and like reach and resonate to resonate with people like what are you doing to get to that like next level uh because i would like to get out of the friends and family support and move on to like our fans and a lot of you guys are my fans and are fans of the website and fans of uh, Jamie Jones's work and, and Tales of Monkeys Fighting Robots and, and the previous two magazines and the creators that have been on that. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, if you've worked on a Kickstarter before, like your parents have bought a copy and like your, your girlfriend has bought a coffee copy or, or stuff like that. So like, I'm trying to get out of that realm where, where it's like the friends and family that always support you. Um, don't have to buy a copy because I know I mean I appreciate they're buying copies um, but I would like them I would like to move on to the next level and pass that so because we were on uh, Twitter and like Neil Gaiman re retweeted one of our tweets and you know we did a whole bunch of other Twitter push that went out and had millions of impressions or a million impressions or something like that it's pretty close it was high and out of that, seven people bought a copy of the magazine. So in my head, like either the message that we're putting out isn't clear enough to have people, you know, support the project, or the project isn't rel enough, relevant enough to them. You know, I'm trying to figure out like where our niche is um, and how to achieve that niche, or or. You know, are we making something that somebody wants? Like, do we have to change that up? And, and that could be where I overthink things um, because I am definitely an overthinker in the world. With that said, you know, you always like to grow. I mean, it's always the plan is to grow. And since Monkey Fighting Robots have been around for six years, we have achieved, achieved a certain amount of uh, success with social media, driving traffic to the website. Uh, but there is a big difference between like, having people visit your website and then having people pay for your content. I mean, just ask newspapers 
and magazines and other websites that are trying to make their money through advertising how easy it is to get people to pay for stuff uh, so I understand the struggle and I understand what you are so I'm just trying to figure out what should be a solid baseline for us and what other people have done to kind of get over the hump so if you have gotten over the hump or you have seen things that have worked um, I would appreciate you reaching out to me. That'd be awesome, you know, through Twitter or social media or email. Um, you know, I'm, I'm available to chat, and I would love to share this information with other creators that are indie creators trying to push something and get it over the hump so that they're getting to that next level. You know, we, we've, we've achieved success at the first level with Kickstarters and our comic books. Now I'm trying to get to that next level. And, you know, part of that thought process in my head is not enough of shaking hands and kissing babies. And by that, I mean, like, going to comic book stores and doing signings and going to conventions, which that wasn't a thing we could do the past five, you know, past year and a half. But moving forward, you know, should that be the thing? Or one of the reasons why I, you know, uh, hopped on TikTok uh, was to expand our reach and hopefully find a, a, some more audience that would support us. I mean, not a lot of my family is on TikTok. Not a lot of my friends are on TikTok, or I'm not trying to be friends with my friends on TikTok, because I, I mean, but, um, you know, just trying to experiment with content creation and and resonating uh, with fans. And, and the same with this podcast is, is being more honest uh with me, with myself, you know, like in, in trying to, before I was trying to get the best, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to say this, I'm just trying, this is more of a, the podcast, version three of the podcast, because I, uh, if we established it, version one was when I first started Monkey's Fighting Robots, and I was doing interviews, and it was more radio style, version two was with Anthony and I, we're doing the comic show, um, and then version three, and then there's even version one also had EJ when we were doing movie reviews and then version two was with Anthony we did the comic show and so this is version three which is more of a personal uh, reflection of my week and the process of monkeys fighting robots and and the things that have kind of piqued my interest and uh, and just getting out there getting the getting the emotional thoughts out of my head when it comes to pop culture and creation and, and working on monkeys fighting robots and working with a crew of monkeys fighting robots and, and trying to put like some more positive into the world than negative. Because in the beginning, monkeys fighting robots was about uh, getting clicks and getting uh, eyeballs on the website so that we can, get revenue or build enough eyeballs on the website to uh, have somebody buy us because we have we're, we're creating good content and and we uh, you know have established a million viewership kind of thing um, and we did that we we got to that realm of of uh, numbers and um, you know the uh, the way that digital media is consumed and it's changing those ad dollars is like a moving target To which, you know, I removed ads off of Monkeys Fighting Robots because they slowed down the website and um, they did other things that harmed the website. They, you know, you get 
shitty ads you get um you know just ads that just weren't relevant and 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 just didn't work and it wasn't where i wanted to go and uh, we moved towards no ads on the website uh, we moved to patreon we moved to uh the ma- the the website the magazine we, the the comic strip the magazine um t-shirt sales through our um t plum book uh website um so we went we tried to we're trying to create revenue without using advertisers and the magazine nails it like it nails it well and it does things for us and then we're going to do uh the convention in january the saint pete indie comic expo spice and that'll be another revenue stream to kind of keep things and grow the business that we are at. And I'm, this is a slower path, I guess, um, to, I don't even know where we're going to, but that's, a, it's, I get, the where I'm trying to get to is to paying writers and creators the appropriate wages for the work that they're doing on the website or in the magazine. Like that would be, that's the end goal is to, you know, uh, that's where we want to go because then you actually have something amazing at that point in time is you have a website, you have a convention and you have a magazine that comes out twice a year. And then you have comic strips in there that you can then, um, you know, sell as trades and go from there. So that's the kind of the business model that we're working on now with monkeys, many robots. And with the third magazine, and this is kind of my fourth Kickstarter. We come out of the gate strong, and then there's like a wall where I we hit our reach, and so now I'm trying to get to that next level of reach. That's that's what I'm trying to do, and that's what I'm trying to figure out, and that's the that's the brainchild that's going crazy at nights in from from Mansardo and Monkey Spidey Roberts is trying to figure out these because. I think I'm pretty good at marketing promotion. And so now it's like there's marketing promotion and then like sealing the deal on the end product. It's, it's yeah, I can bring you to the website. I can, you know, I can show you a good time, but then it's like, okay, it would be nice if you sort of supported our product so that we could pay for writers and stuff like that. And that's, that's not the point of me saying this right now. Um, but that's, that's, that's the business that's the business plan right there it's it's like hey we have we have a real good time on monkey spring robots we have a real good time on instagram and twitter and all these good things and you know we have a patreon if you want to see the comic strips early uh we have a magazine that comes out twice a, twice a year and then we have a convention that if you want to attend so like there's like a funnel thing there so that's what we're doing that's the outline of monkey spring robots and where we're going and so now I'm just trying to figure out how to get to that next level of Kickstarter success because we've we're very successful at the first level. So yeah, that's that's where I am. So, so this is very it's kind of a deep thought pondering. You know, I'm sure a lot of creators have this question, and you can see a lot of people now. The new thing is is doing cross promotions, and you know you have a lot of. I'm a random person approaching other people. There are random person people approaching me to do crossovers. So it's it's still kind of tough and, and you can see where some things have kind of, I don't know, it's, I, I, I'm doing my best to be honest 
you know, working in media and, and, and working for clicks, like you become, you, you're, you're so trained to manipulate people to make them want to click on your article, to make them want to have to scroll through. So like, I'm, I'm trying to pull away from that and just be more honest in the experience of digital media. And it's, it's bonkers. It's bonkers. Cause I have to untrain, unlearn everything that was like force fed to me in radio and in journalism and, and, uh, you know, newspapers and, and digital media. Well, it's tough. It's tough out there. Um, what people have to do to stay in business, to be a journalist. And it's, I mean, you see it, you see it with CNN and the talking heads and everything else. And it's like, you, you end up selling a different product to get to do journalism. And I don't know, I got whiskey in front of me. I'm going to drink it right now. And this is a good segue because I read Nightwing 78, 79, and 80. And it's been a while since the comic books made me cry. Tom Taylor, you son of a bitch. Uh, um, and the book is really beautiful. The art is amazing. And uh, Bruno Redondo and Ari Ando Ano Lucas is on colors and Wes Abbott is on letters. It's a very beautiful book. Um, but there's definitely Tom Taylor's like, hey, if you are a sensitive sap that has loved Nightwing your whole life or Dick Grayson your whole life, like I am going to pull at all those heartstrings and I'm going to probably smash them. I think like 81 is supposed to be the issue that like will decimate me emotionally probably. It will probably rip my heart out. Hence what's going on in the book and I'm not going to spoil that for you but like one of the things I want to mention with this book is if you're getting it like look at Wes Abbott's lettering it is insane it just it's a very comforting aspect to it like you're reading Tom Taylor's writing but you're reading it through the lens of Wes Abbott's lettering and I know it's stupid the blue it's Nightwing blue but it's so fucking calming. And then like you you got the green um, for Oracle, you know, Barbara Gordon. So like that's like willpower. And like Barbara Gordon definitely has the willpower to get through some crazy shit. Uh, there's just some subtle things that are just very calming. The story is very calming. And I just keep waiting for it to like you know, before, you know, Tom Taylor pulls the floor out underneath me and I'm like free falling. Um, it's just, just thinking about it, like makes me emotional with, with what's going on in that book. Cause it's, there's this setup where we're in part three of the setup and it's getting to places where like they've already, they've already pulled some things out that they're, not going to pull any punches. Uh, I'm just trying to think of, I'm trying to emotionally prepare myself for what Tom is going to do to Nightwing, to Dick Grayson, to Barbara Gordon, to, to Tim Drake. I was very happy to see Tim Drake show up in there. And, 
I'm real worried. I'm really worried about it. As Tom Taylor even mentioned, like, you need to catch up on Nightwing before 81 comes out because there's going to be spoilers of it. And that's that's going to be an issue. Oh, so good. So, yeah, pick up pick up Nightwing. Read it. Enjoy it. Like, it, it has all the warm, fuzzy feelings of, like, a Peter Parker Amazing Spider-Man, like, character. Like, the character that Peter Parker used to be back in the day. You know, like, when Peter Parker was, like, college professor Peter Parker like I feel like that's where Dick Grayson is right now at that like age level and stuff Uh, you know like late 20s early 30s like where you can kind of conquer the world and you kind of know what you're doing kind of phase of your life it's a good that's a it's a good play age to be at late 20s early 30s because like you've survived your 20s and you kind of know what you like and kind of what you don't like and you hopefully at that point in time have a few bucks in your pocket to where you're you can start experiencing more things as well kind of thing or not worry about certain things but yeah it's that was was my prime time in chicago so like reading nightwing takes me back to that time and again i get more misty-eyed about things all right let's go let's turn the brain off let's turn the brain off Zack snyder's army 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 of the dead bonker zombie movie it, it falls into some comic tropes like I, I enjoyed it it was fine it was fine served its purpose served its purpose um, I love the intro very Watchmen-esque intro but with zombies um, set up all these characters total and emotional tale um, you know if you wanted to cut a half an hour of the movie you could have cut that out and you wouldn't have missed a beat but still like I enjoy the artistic aspect of a film a Zack Snyder film he's not going to be boring he's not going to be lazy he's going to do eh, he could be lazy um, but he's going to do things differently than other films and I enjoyed it some people didn't it's, it's a brainless zombie movie there are some plot holes at the end or some loose threads where I'm like oh man I really wish this would happen or like or they explain this more or I wish there was a bigger battle or things like that but it's I mean it's very predictable um but yeah, there's definitely some loose thread, loose threads at the end where I'm like, wait a second, what happened to that person? Wasn't that the point of the whole movie kind of thing, sort of, you know? But like, I enjoyed, I enjoyed 75% of it, and thought it was fun and goofy and good, and and I like the characters that are in it. And there was 25% of it where I was like, well, this makes no sense. <laughs> but it's on Netflix and it's cheaper than going to the movies and you don't have to worry about becoming a zombie with coronavirus or risking your life with people you know I don't know movie theater I love you but like you're scared of the shit I mean nowadays but that's the whole thing that's why I'm staying home podcasting you guys because I'm becoming this crazy guy who who stays at home too much but I like to go outdoors I like to go outdoors played this golf tournament this weekend and shit the bed, you know, nine strokes off the leader. I think I, what did I come in like? Let's look up my results. We'll go to Pro Disc Golf Association. So the Pro Disc Golf Association. And then we'll go to my profile, Matt Sardo. If you want to look me up, because you're a pro, because you're a disc, golf, disc golfer. Um, my PGA PDGA number is one five two zero six nine. 
<sighs> okay, so what do we do? We we did a 2021 Wittick warm-up, sponsored by the Sky Pilots of Sarasota. We were down at the Water Tower place in Sarasota, and I've played that course well before, like really well. And then I got these nerves that came out of nowhere, and then I was just off. I think I actually practiced too much. I was tired. I don't know. This this golf is, I mean, it's like regular golf, where it's frustrating. So I was a plus, plus 10. And I finished 24th out of 40. 24th out of 40. depressing and uh, Alexander Cook he was on our card um, and he finished first with a plus one I was a plus ten and I birdied my last hole I birdied I birdied through the last two holes I was minus two so I was a plus twelve at hole fifteen and then I was like screw you guys I'm gonna get better at this shit like I had a had a decent had a decent back nine. I think I was plus two through the back nine. I was a plus eight through the front nine. I don't. I don't. It's all psychological sometimes. But I had fun. I met some new people. Uh, played with my friends, and um, I beat them. I beat Ben and Zed. I beat Ben by one stroke. That birdie on the last hole. Um, I parked. I mean, I parked it too. I was, I was so mad. I was like, I'm gonna drive the green on this last shot, and I just, I winged the disc, and I was like, crushed it, and put it about uh, 12, 15 feet from the basket, and just drained a birdie putt. Ah, felt so good. But that's the way golf works, especially in disc golf, regular golf. Is you, you get one or two shots, you're like, okay, I sucked everywhere else, but I gotta get better. But uh, I learned. I le- you know, you learn from all these things. This is my third tournament ever, and my second, um, like official one. So I will. I will let you know how my progress goes. I got. I have a week off. I think I'm going to go up to the quarry uh, this weekend for the holiday. It's a twenty hole, twenty hole course, and uh, then I have a, th- I have a, th- a three day tournament. The following weekend, the first weekend in June, I play Friday, uh, a round on Friday, two rounds on Saturday, and then a round on Sunday. So that'll be interesting to see how it goes. I got practice. I got to play at Maximo twice, Friday and Sunday. I'm playing from like the shorter tees, so I have to practice that. Then I'll be up in Largo, and up at uh, a Taylor, and then I'll be at. Cliff Stevens. So Largo and Cliff Stevens on Saturday, bookended by Maximo and St. Pete uh, on Friday and Saturday. So that'll be that'll be fun. Speaking about going pro, not that I'm going pro, um, because I'm 44, and my knee's ready to fall off. So I mean, I could I could go pro. I could work out, get a get a Yoda type person, become somebody's Padawan. And learn to throw the disc 500 feet, and then go from there. Yeah. I wonder what the. 
what these guys make in produce. So let's go look up Ricky, Ricky, Waisaki. He's gonna have a number. Let's go look up his his number. And so he has made, I don't know, he has made $24,000 in tournaments this year. Um, came in for, so one tournament was, came first, got 2,000. One tournament came in 5,000. 6,000, and then Goat Hill, Silver Series event, he gave me 2,000, but like, he's played nine tournaments and have made 20, almost $24,000. That's, let's see what he made, I think he was injured in 2020. He made 32,000. He made 40,000 in, in 2019. 46 in 2018 because he, he won it one I don't know when he won it we made 80,000 in 2017 playing 29 tournaments 60,000 in 2016 Jesus and then 34 42 and I mean it's better than flipping burgers 17,000 in 2011, 3,000 in 2010, no money in 2009. So how, I don't know how old he is. He was playing intermediate and junior boys. So he was, he's playing C, B tournaments. So it's an advanced, yeah, it's open intermediate place fourth and what was he doing 2008 played one intermediate tournament Ohio State doubles championship so Ricky Wysocki so yeah I mean I bought some discs to help support him on the, on the tour it's crazy crazy disc golf is crazy ah but speaking of going pro North Hollywood it's like this little French film about skateboarding in North Hollywood. It's not a French film, but it definitely like feels like a French film. I mean, like it was, it was good. It was really good. It's sitting at like a six point four out of ten, but like it's one has Vince Vaughn in it. Plays a dad. It's like a slice of life. They they describe describe it as a slice of life story. And this kid wants to become a professional. It's the first ever movie, first ever movie about becoming a pro skater. But it was good. I mean, the writer McLaughlin, who played Michael, like, I liked him, you know, as an actor. Um, you know, he plays a super douchey character that you really don't care about. Um, but I liked him. I liked his acting. And I liked the story. And, um,. I liked all that, just the skating. Like, it just, I don't know, remind It kept me, uh, I don't know, like, reminded me of being a kid, you know, being a punk kid. And that's, you know, and there was some, there was some good stuff in it. It's just so, so awkward. 
socially awkward being that age. What's the one dude's name? I I don't want to butcher Nico. Uh, Hiraga. He's been in a few different things. He's been in oh he was in Moxie. Moxie was good. He was in Booksmart. Um, he is. I like him. I had like he needs to do some more stuff. Um, and I'm gonna have to look for what he's in. I guess he was in Ballers. But he can skate. Look at the Skate Kitchen. What was that movie? I have to look that up. A teenage skateboarder makes friends with a bunch of other skateboard girls in New York City. Yeah. He's a skater actor. Like, we need more skater actors. <laughs> um, but North Hollywood was definitely, I feel like it was better than Army of the Dead. And it connected with me more. So I would recommend that. Um, so I think it's like four bucks on Apple TV or iTunes. It's worth the rental. Uh, the director, what's his name? I don't want to butcher it. Mikey Alfred. And uh, he was a producer on mid-90s and was a producer on North Hollywood. I think Pharrell produced North Hollywood. So there's definitely some like connections in there. And Vince Vaughn is good in it. And like, it's worth it. Like it's kind of a feel goodish coming of age. I don't know. We're in such a weird, weird, we're such a, in a weird world right now that like North Hollywood is a feel good movie <laughs> compared to all the other shit going on in the world. Um, it might not connect with all audiences, but it connected with me. And if you've liked other films that I've liked, you might like this one. Also, I'd like, I had a few, I was making this wicked, like, Maker's Mark orange, bit orange slice, like a thick orange slice, and just put a few drops of orange slice, orange drips in there, orange juice into it, some bitters and some water. And I was making a few of those. So, like, it's a good whiskey drink movie where you can just sit back and be like, you can think about being a kid, think about being a skater punk. I wasn't a skater punk, by the way. I was a comic book punk. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was good. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. You know, just go back to your skater punk inner youth. Uh, who was the other actor in it? I really thought they were going to go in, like, a really bold direction uh where is his name see full cast IMDb where is Oliver Nunn yeah there was a weird there's like a weird like religious aspect to it too so that's why it, like there's some French filmmaking in this stuff some serious French filmmaking going on in this film Isaiah, Coach, Walker, Father, Adolf. Aramis Hudson. That guy is an actor known for mid-90s, summer of 17, North Hollywood. He was in Ballers, too. So apparently they're getting 
Aramis Hudson. He did a really good job. Yeah. Alright, who's making all this noise? Who's calling me? But you will know the name Aramis Hudson after watching Skateboarding is Fun from 2015. So this is a skater guy. Like these are all skaters. Like So it looks like Hyper Beast has a good interview with all the actors. I might have to go to that. So, North Hollywood, check it out. It's good. Skater punk movie. Mayor of Easttown, heartbreaking. Did you watch it? I'm not going to tell you about it. I think I'm going to have like just a specific Mayor of Easttown podcast. Because I don't know if I'll rewatch it again or I'll just like sit in a corner and cry or or sit huddled in the fetal position in the shower and cry some more it depends on where mayor of Easttown goes i am whew, whew, um yeah yeah no mayor of Easttown is tough like i thought it's they gut punched me so hard last week like the gut punch was solid it was really hard. It was really hard. So, I'm going to watch it tonight. I'm actually going to watch it after I upload this video. So, I think that's where I'm going to end. You know, contemplating about Mayor of Easttown. Um, you know, think, you know, North Hollywood was a fun, was a fun point of the weekend. Um, the the uh, disc golf tournament was disappointing, but I was still hanging out with my friends outdoors. It was fun. Nightwing is getting under my skin in a good way. <sighs> Army of the Dead, I'm going to forget that I watched it by next podcast. Um, and then the Kickstarter. we got one week left of the Kickstarter. So if you have no clue what I'm talking about and you've made it this far in the podcast, oh, I really appreciate it. I appreciate it so much. Um, I appreciate our audience, and I'm going to keep this number. I'm going to keep talking about this number, and I should have talked about it at the beginning. Um the 23 people that listen to the podcast over the past two weeks, like our audience. Um, Anchor gives us an audience rating. And so they say the audience on this podcast is 23 people, which I like. I think I'm fine with 23 people listening to me. I mean, I, I, I feel like that's my circle of friends. So if you're, if you're part of my circle of friends, which you are now because you're listening to this podcast, thank you for, thank you for listening to this. Um, and I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we got one week left in the podcast. So if you have no clue what I'm talking about, um, go to Kickstarter, Monkey's Friend Robots, the magazine, number three. We're fully funded. It's going to get printed. You'll get a copy in, in July. Um, and we got some other cool things going on there. Check it out. Let me know what you think about it. Um, yeah, I think that's where we are. So have a fun week. Read some comic books. You know, take a breath when you need to. Uh, you know, hug a tree if you need to. We always did that. That there was a there was a crying tree at one of the restaurants I worked at. But like, you know, take your time, take your breath, and like, we're gonna get through this together, and we're gonna have a lot of fun doing it. So, um, if you have any questions or comments or concerns, just shoot me a message, and I would love to chat with you, because uh, you and I are are going through this thing together. So, love you guys. Take care.